Hello, warriors. Hello, people of the internet. And hello, airwaves. Welcome to Talk Is War with your host, Alpha Z. Thank you for joining us on this glorious Thursday. I hope you guys are enjoying this Thursday wherever you may be. So uh, before we get started here, I was looking at our analytics earlier today. And I saw that we gained some new countries in our following. And those countries are Turkey and India and Nigeria. So that is awesome. And I'm just saying, I think it's pretty amazing that we don't have that big of a following, but we have some in uh, a big following in different countries, which is amazing. We're like, you know, it's like a big family thing. Uh, So we are available in pretty much every country, wherever you can find podcasts, you can find us there. But the countries that I know we have listeners in are in Sweden, the United States, of course, because that's where we are, India, South Africa, Japan, Nigeria, Australia, Lebanon, Turkey, and the United Kingdom. So to everyone out there listening, thank you guys very much, because without you, there just simply wouldn't be in us. So without further ado, let's go to war. Alright, let's see what's in the pro wrestling news of today. By the way, guys, uh, tell me how you're doing, Warriors. I always want to know how you're doing. Uh, Send me a voice message, send me an email, reach me out on Facebook, do whatever you want. Alright, let's see what we got here. Um, nothing that hasn't been... Well, I guess we can go ahead and talk about a little bit what's going on. Uh, CM Punk, of course, returning to WWE, sort of, uh, you may be, I I mean, unless you're being, you're living under a rock or something, CM Punk is back, but not in WWE, sort of, he is in the new show that they have on FS1 called WWE Backstage, and that is the talk show that they have, uh, that Fox owns, actually, and it is, um, I'm pretty sure it's FS1, or it may be Fox, I'm not sure, but, uh, it is the talk show with Renee Young, Booker T, uh, Paige, and multiple other guests. A really good show. I highly recommend it. And it is basically a wrestling show about WWE, but it's more of an ESPN kind of genre. It's really cool. It's really cool. So CM Punk is back, and he's been on it a few times. Uh, he's shared his thoughts of criticism and all that, and a lot of fans have been criticizing him, saying that he's a sellout and all that for returning, even though he's not actually returning. Um, my take on it, honestly, I'm happy. I'm, I'm very happy about it because I love CM Punk. Um, I don't think he's a sellout at all because he's not back with WWE. He signed with Fox, so... You know, it, it, that's that's not really oxymoronic. So, because he doesn't work for WWE, he works for Fox. But anyway, I think that this is amazing, and I think this is gonna be great for uh, the viewership of WWE backstage, which has already been proven true. Uh, they've already gained a lot of followers uh, or viewers, I should say, and. Well, honestly, I think you are oxymoronic if you are saying that he's a sellout because for years people have been chanting CM Punk at every single WWE event there is. And if you say that you want him back and then when he comes back somehow, 
you call him a sellout. That I just I don't really see the logic there. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, you do you. So anyway, I'm happy about it. Tell me what you guys think. And what else we got here? Uh, okay, NWA's Jim Cornette has resigned from NWA over some racist commenting during NWA power. Um, all right, I just want to go ahead and say it here. Racism will, it's, it's not tolerated. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I speak for everyone exactly, but for me, if you are a racist, a bigot, a homophobe, or anything in any way, you are not a friend. You are not a person. So, anyway, uh, Jim Cornette resigned after saying a very racially insensitive uh, statement during commentary. I will not repeat what he said, simply because it, I, I just don't like what he said. But uh, it was wildly racist, and I know what you're thinking. Why did he get fired over at least one, you know, little comment? Well, it turns out, I did a little research on this, but this was actually the last straw for Jim Cornette because he also made some transphobic, homophobic, and even a death threat to uh, multiple other wrestlers, including uh, Sonny Kiss from AEW, who is a wild, widely known uh, transgender wrestler, and also Vince Russo, who, uh, who was in WCW before and who used to be a producer for WWE. And yeah, he made a death threat to Vince Russo. I mean, I get it. Vince Russo isn't really liked by the community and other wrestlers alike. I mean, you're, go- you're always going to have critics no matter what. But you don't need to make death threats. <laughs> like, that's just, a, that's just a little much. So, uh, Jim, I don't really... Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I don't want to say anything to Jim Cornette. I don't know what to say. I like him as a wrestling figure. But as a person with his views, I strongly do not agree with him. So, uh, moving on from that next story for you guys, WWE has big plans for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. This is according to WrestlingNews.co, if you guys want to follow this up. The main event push for Roman Reigns is coming. WWE has cooled him down this year after he returned to action in March following his battle with leukemia. Uh, I'm just going to say this, there have been conspiracy theorists out there that have said that Roman Reigns' leukemia has been quote-unquote staged. Yeah, just let that, um, let that stupidity, you know, sink in for a second. First of all, they wouldn't ever, and I mean ever, stage a serious illness such as cancer. Because, um, if you've been living under a rock, uh, you know, then you apparently haven't noticed that WWE has paired with Susan G. Komen of the Breast Cancer Awareness Foundation for multiple years and has also done, uh, Connor's Cure, which is for pediatric cancer. So I think it's kind of fucking stupid that you would assume that they would fake a serious, deadly illness, and uh, apparently some of the uh, some of the uh, supporting facts behind this is because he was going to film a movie with uh, The Rock for uh, Hobbs and Shaw, that Fast and Furious spinoff, and 
Um, honestly, I think it's bullshit. I don't know why anyone would say that. But back to this. Back to this. We're getting off topic here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But anyway, uh, back to his main event push. Um, the current feud with Baron Corbin is just a placeholder apparently, until they can get into the new year, and then fans will want to start seeing Reigns move up the card again, and possibly for main event matches, including top card, title, possibly Universal, possibly WWE Champion, at WrestleMania 36. Now, I don't exactly know if there will be any plans with, uh, like, current champions like uh, Bray Wyatt, you know, the Fiend with the Universal Champion, or with Brock Lesnar, the WWE Champion. I really don't want to see the whole Brock Lesnar thing happen again, because I feel like we've got that too much, especially at WrestleMania 31, after he fought him, and WrestleMania 34, where he fought him again. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think we're just going to have to wait and see. So you heard it here, guys. Roman Reigns is apparently getting a top card push. I can't wait to see what happens because, personally, I like Roman Reigns. Uh, what else we got here? Chris Jericho's rock and wrestling Rager at Sea is adding several AEW stars to its card. So this is awesome. If you guys are unaware of this, uh, Chris Jericho uh, has this cruise. I don't know if it's every year or not, but it's basically a cruise featuring uh, professional wrestling um, oh, matches, I guess. And also a couple of concerts, if I'm right, but it looks pretty cool. And uh, this is the second cruise, actually, and it will be setting sail from January 20th to the 24th and is officially sold out. So sorry, guys, if you were looking to get tickets, but it is um, sold out. So he has added several names to this, including Darby Allen and also Jake Hager, Proud and Powerful, which is Santana and Ortiz. And uh, more are going to be confirmed later on in the future. So this is going to be a cruise from the Miami, or the Miami. This is going to be from (laughs) Miami to the Bahamas. So I can't wait to see what happens. You can also see a couple of uh, stand-up comedians there. I'm not really sure who, but um, a couple of them. So uh, if you guys are attending that, I hope you guys have fun. Now, honestly, I really would want to go to it. But What else we got here? Uh, two more for you guys. Ring of Honor has allegedly fired women's champion Kelly Klein. All right, I didn't really see this coming, but uh, Clyde's husband, uh, BJ Winnemar, confirmed the news via social media on Thursday, saying, quote, Now that the cat is out of the bag, yes, my wife, Kelly Klein, was fired by ROH. COO Joe Coff via email Tuesday evening. Not a phone call, an email. Kelly is still very much suffering from post-concussion syndrome and was fired while still injured. End quote. I, um, that's a bit messed up, honestly. Uh, I'm not really sure why she was fired, but I do think that it is a bit odd to fire someone as they are recovering from an injury. I mean, it's happened before, but it seems a little, uh, let's see, how do you put this, uh, a douche move, I'll, I'll say that, uh, okay, let's see here, the 33-year-old wrestler recently spoke out in support of former Ring of Honor employee Joey Mercury, who has been pointing out issues with the company as of late via social media, in particular, he published an email from GM Greg Gillan, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, with Klein's permission, 
that revealed she was making $24,000 a year with the promotion and implied that all female talent in the company had to be paid the same amount. All right, that's a little messed up there. But Kelly, I, I'm not really sure if you're listening. Probably not because this is a kind of small podcast. But um, whatever happens, I hope that it benefits you in the best way possible. I wish you the best in your future endeavors. And uh, what else we got here? One more for you guys. Alberto Del Rio or Alberto El Patron, whatever you uh, know him as, has officially teased a possible WWE return. Uh, Alberto Del Rio did an interview with TMZ Sports to promote his fight with former UFC light heavyweight champion Tito Ortiz under the Combat's America's banner. Uh, During the interview, he was asked about the possibility of a return to WWE after the interviewer brought up CM Punk working on the WWE backstage show, which we mentioned earlier in the show. Over the years, Del Rio has had some uh, negative criticism for Triple H and Vince McMahon on social media. However, he seems open to the idea. He said, quote, the door has always been open for both sides. I'm not against their business and they're not against my business. At the end of the day, I understand now as a promoter, nothing is personal. When you're an athlete, sometimes you think your boss doesn't agree with you because he doesn't like you, but it's nothing personal, end quote. That's a very good point. Uh, A lot of people need to realize that, um, specifically pro wrestlers, that the promoters are not against you. They don't want anything, uh, you know, they don't want to squash you, you know, they just, you know, they want to shift you in a different way, and it may not be the same um, ideal uh, angle that you might have, but, you know, they're just trying, you know, and uh, that is it for our wrestling news of today. Uh, Guys, let me know what you think about the news here. Do you guys want to see Alberto Del Rio come back to WWE? What do you think about Kelly Klein getting fired by Ring of Honor? And most importantly, what do you guys think about CM Punk coming back? Let us know here at Talk Is War on Anchor. You can find us on CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you find podcasts. And, uh, well, you know how it goes, Warriors. We are moving on to On This Day in Wrestling History. 20 years ago today, Bret Hart defeated Chris Benoit to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, outlasting 30 other men in a 32-men tournament. Uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, congratulations on that win 20 years ago today. And uh, we would also like to say a happy 36th birthday to the Bella Twins, Bree and Nikki Bella, both former WWE Divas champions. Uh, well, happy birthday. And, uh, well, uh, I don't know if you guys are, you know, planning for a comeback or whatever because I believe both of you are injured. I uh, don't quote me on that, but a uh, happy birthday nonetheless. And uh, well, when we get back from the break here, we are going to be talking about our two topics of today, hardcore moments and uh, tag teams that deserved better. And we will also be talking about our wrestling vocab word of today. Uh, don't go anywhere, Warriors. We will be back after this message. Welcome back to Talk Is War. Your host, Alpha Z. I didn't go anywhere, just so you know. And, uh, well, uh, hope you enjoyed that advertisement. 
And, uh, well, let's get back into the war with our wrestling vocab of today. Today's word is Freebird Rule. So, you guys may be wondering, Freebird, like the fabulous Freebirds, right? Well, yes, sort of. Uh, the Freebird rule is a stipulation that allows any two members of a larger team to defend a specific championship. Uh, this was made by the, uh, the fabulous Freebirds. Uh, this was established because there were three of them, but they won tag titles. And this allows other people to compete for the titles or defend the titles, even though uh, they didn't win it. Some examples include uh, The New Day, The Shield, and uh, I believe D-Generation X did this a couple of times. And, uh, well, I think this is a, this is a um, very nice rule because it allows other wrestlers to establish themselves, to establish uh, dominance and teamwork within their faction. So there you go. Freebird rule is your vocab word of the day. Do not forget it. And, uh, well, now we are moving on to our two topics of today, and those two topics are most hardcore moments. Of course, this can be from any promotion, not WWE specifically, or not ECW, WCW, IWA, whichever one you want to pick. Just uh, let us know here at Talk is War. And we also want to know some tag teams that deserved better. And uh, same rule, doesn't have to be a specific promotion, so... So uh, let us know what you guys think for both topics, like with all topics here at Talk is War on Anchor. And now we are going to go ahead and talk about hardcore moments. There's been a vast amount of hardcore moments in professional wrestling itself that have made it hard to watch, you know? I mean, it's a whole nother genre, and there have been many times where I have watched hardcore wrestling, you know, and the different stipulations, and I said, what the fuck is happening? What, what is this, you know? But other times I look at it and I'm like, this is amazing, you know? And it's an acquired taste. It's an acquired taste, I'll say that. Because it's it can be very brutal sometimes, especially when you have barbed wire or thumbtacks or staple guns or some shit, you know, uh, it mostly runs rampant in, uh, the indie scene, you know, but, you know, the, the other big promotions have had their share of, uh, hardcore moments, uh, ECW, Lucha Underground, uh, just to name a few here, and, of course, Impact, I've seen a couple of very brutal matches from Impact Wrestling, TNA, whatever you know it is, and, uh, well, uh, my favorite hardcore moment would have to be the Cerro Miedo match between Vampiro and Pentagon Jr. at, uh, I believe this was, uh, Ultima Lucha and, uh, Lucha Underground. I knew it was Lucha Underground because I remember seeing it on Netflix. Please bring back Lucha Underground on Netflix with the newer seasons. I love it. And I can't catch it anywhere else. It's hard to find on the internet. Uh, there's some on YouTube that it's, like, really low quality, but, you know, piracy. But, anyway, um, very brutal match, uh, light tubes, uh, barbed wire, I believe, uh, lots of blood, a lot of blood, in fact, and, honestly, probably one of the most hardcore matches I've ever seen in my life, uh, especially from, uh, 
Lucha Underground. Uh, I knew Vampiro was hardcore, but at the time I was watching, I was starting to be a fan of Pentagon because I love his style, you know, and Lucha Libre. And I love his gimmick. I love everything about, you know, Pentagon, the face paint, his moveset. He's really cool. One of the, probably one of the greatest wrestlers of uh, this era. And I, I just, uh, when I was watching it, I just couldn't believe it, you know, I didn't know, <coughs> sorry guys, uh, I didn't know that Pentagon was that much of a combatant, you know, and uh, let me fact check here, I'm pretty sure it was at Ultima Lucha Uno, or Ultima Lucha, uh, let me see here, Cerro Miedo match, Cerro Miedo. Uh, yeah, Ultima Lucha, so, uh, very, very hardcore, very, um, uh, I did watch it, and I cringed a couple of times, specifically because there were, there was just, uh, a lot of blood in the process, especially covering the fucking mat and everything, and, uh, good match, good match, I gotta say. Uh, a couple other hardcore moments I like throughout, uh, professional wrestling, would have to be Smokey C fighting in the first ever barbed wire death match held in the United States. Uh, I have not seen all of the match. There's only a few moments of the match that I've seen on uh, YouTube because it's, uh, it's kind of low quality. I can't really uh, get every point, but I'm just going to tell you, I'm not being biased in any way, um, even, you know, because he's my cousin and all that. Smokey C is one of the most hardcore wrestlers I've ever seen. Uh, I've seen his matches in JCW, and I've seen him get shot with a fucking bottle rocket and stuff. He went against people like uh, New Jack, who is uh, by far the most hardcore wrestler of all time, if not one of them. And uh, you also have uh, people like, oh gee, I don't know, Mick Foley and Terry Funk. Uh, you, you know, those smaller people that you may not know. Being sarcastic, of course, but... Um, a couple other hardcore moments that I remember, uh, just recently at AEW Full Gear, uh, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose, and Kenny Omega in a Lights Out match, and that was very different, I, um, I didn't, I don't know why they called it a Lights Out match, it was, uh, at first I thought the lights were gonna be turned off or something, or I don't know, but it was, uh, a very weird term for a match, but an amazing one, nonetheless, uh, Seeing John Moxley uh, suplex Kenny Omega into a thing of barbed wire was uh, very, very difficult to watch. I, I couldn't watch all of it because uh, I'm a little squeamish on that side of wrestling sometimes here and there. But other times I'll look at it and I'll want more. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, it's different. Uh, a lot of hardcore combatants out there, especially in the indie scene. And if you guys know any... Uh, that I don't know of, or you have any favorites, let us know. Talk is war. You know how to do it. And, uh, well, that is it for my opinion of hardcore moments. And, uh, of course, let us know what you think here. And now we are going to be talking about tag teams that deserved better. Uh, again, any promotion. So, you know, it's not restricted to WWE or New Japan Pro Wrestling or anything like that. It can be any promotion you want. Uh, personally, tag team wrestling is by far one of my favorite genres of 
wrestling. It's one of my favorite parts of watching any show, you know, whether it's Monday Night Raw or uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite or anything, you know, I, I just, I love tag team wrestling. It's very, um, it's, it's a different genre and it's really cool to see how different people are paired together and see how far they go with championships and different tournaments. It, it's really cool. I love it. A couple of tag teams have deserved better. Uh, one, I think, has got to be Crime Time, which is JTG and Shad, or Shad Gasper, or Shad, whatever you know him as. Uh, they never touched the tag team championships, which kind of sucked, but I really liked their teamwork. They were a big hit with the crowd. They were very innovative. They were kind of a stereotypical gimmick, but it was, you know, they had really good teamwork, and they were a big hit with the crowd, and in order for a tag team to really hit that, uh, you know, hit the tip of the fire there, you gotta be a hit with the crowd, because if you're not, you're not doing your job right. Even if it's a bad guy one, you know, fans will get behind you if you're a bad guy, that's, you know, and, um, what else here, um, I was gonna talk about one, but what was, oh yeah, Paul London and Brian Kendrick, they were probably one of the coolest tag teams I ever watched growing up, and if you don't remember them, they were the guys that would always fight Deuce and Domino on Friday Night Smackdown, and would do the backflips off the ropes, like, uh, they would go to the top rope, or the second rope actually, do a backflip, land on their feet, and be completely badass throughout the match. It was that was like one of my favorite things to ever watch. I've always wanted to pull something off like that, so I tried to do it on a trampoline, and I sprained my ankle really hard. Or I went through that. I, I my foot went through the um, space in between the uh, springs, and I like hit my balls on the rail. So that sucked. But anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, Paul London, Brian Kendrick. They held the tag team titles for nearly a full year, if you guys are unaware of this. So that's a pretty big accomplishment. It's a pretty big accomplishment to win the tag team titles, period. But holding them for another year is another whole accomplishment. Uh, there wasn't that much competition in uh, their era, and um, it wasn't really the focal point of uh, WWE at the time. Uh, tag team wrestling, I mean, not, not them, but... Uh, Paul London went to Lucha Underground, Brian Kendrick stayed with WWE, but then went independent, and then came back, and I'm, I'm not really sure where he is now, I don't, I haven't seen that much of him recently, but, um, they were a great tag team, they had really good chemistry, they were a big hit with the crowd, they held the tag team titles for a year, and I think that they deserve, um, they deserve better, but, not not exactly because of uh, because of that. Simply because they weren't um, they weren't in the wrong era. So if they could make a return, possibly now with AEW or with WWE or maybe some other promotion, I think that they would that would be amazing, you know. And I don't really know of many people that talk about Paul London and Brian Kendrick anymore. Uh, Switchblader has a few times. I miss him. Uh, I don't know what Hades thinks about it. God, I miss him too. Damn, I miss my friends, guys. I'm gonna tell you right now. It is hard doing this on my own. And it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. But, yeah, I, I'm just... 
Uh, anyway, um, another tag team that I think deserved better would have to be the uh, team of Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. Now, I know what you're thinking. They, you know, kind of, it did end prematurely simply because Tyson Kidd almost died, but honestly, I think that they deserved much better. I think they should have been a better gimmick. They had really good chemistry. I had no, no heat. No heat with any of what they were doing. They're a great team, had a good moveset, and they, the chemistry was amazing, especially when they were just squaring off against each other, because Tyson Kidd was a graduate of the Heart Dungeon, and, I mean, enough said there. And, uh, you know, Cesaro being probably pound for pound one of the greatest wrestlers of all time right now um i think that they um they needed a more serious gimmick with um the art itself uh basically i think that they should have had a role like imperium that's a good example uh imperium if you don't know which is fabian Ackner. Um, Marcel Bartel or Barthel, something like that, Walter and Alex Wolf, they're a faction that wants to bring seriousness back to wrestling. They're not about the silly gimmicks, the lollygagging, and the bright colored t-shirts or whatever. They're here to establish the art of wrestling, the sport, you know, what it actually is. Not just the cameras, not just the smoke and mirrors, but what it is. And I think that would have been cool to see, honestly. But great tag team nonetheless. They held the tag team titles for um, multiple times. Uh, I, I think they should have deserved a cooler name, too. You know, I thought that would have been cool to see. Like Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, you know? Like, what about something cooler? Like, I don't know, the Swiss-Canadian connection or... I don't know. But, uh, oh yeah, they held the tag team titles one time one time, but it was, you know, a pretty nice run, you know, they held it until Wrestlemania, I believe, and this was back when those giant-ass penny titles were in, the bronze ones, and I think they should bring those back, because the Raw Tag Team titles and the SmackDown Tag Team titles are just god-awful right now. I heard that there have been um, new tag team titles in the in the works right now, and they were actually going to reveal it at uh, Friday Night Smackdown, the same time that they revealed uh, the big blue belt with the Universal title. I think that that would have been uh, the most appropriate time. I mean, you know, what else? But I think that uh, they deserve a much better run. And I, I, I mean, Tyson Kidd isn't going to compete soon, which really sucks because I really like Tyson Kidd. Uh, Cesaro is not with any tag team right now. He was with Sheamus, but Sheamus has been out for quite a while with a uh, really bad injury. But hopefully he comes back. And, well, um, that is it for uh, tag teams that deserved better. If you guys have any tag teams in mind that you think deserved better, or you want to talk about your favorite tag teams of all time, let us know here at Talk Is War. You know what to do. And now we are moving on to the end of the show with our pro wrestling rumors of today. 
course, if you guys have any to report on your own, let me know. Let me know. Or us know. Yeah, you know what I mean. Okay. So, WrestleMania 36. Uh, again, rumors, guys. WrestleMania 36 plans call for Bray Wyatt to be in one of the main event matches. Well, I could see this coming simply because, well, it's The Fiend. You know, he's an unstoppable force. And honestly, I love The Fiend. I think it's, uh, I've always liked Bray Wyatt. I loved him as a heel. I loved him as a face. I've always, I've always liked Bray Wyatt. In-ring, character, everything about him. Love Bray Wyatt. Especially when he was Husky Harris in NXT. I love that. And, um, of course, you know, don't expect a title change at Survivor Series. Uh, you know. Uh, what else we got here? WWE plans to start building Roman Reigns up. Already told you guys that. Um, let's see. Uh, Randy Orton's contract talks started in the spring, but WWE kept pushing meetings back as it was not a high priority, according to Fightful. And Orton told Corey Graves on After the Bell that he never seriously considered leaving. So that might be why WWE's wasn't concerned. Uh, which is kind of weird because for a while, uh, Orton had talked about, or uh, at least teased AEW and all that. Which would be really weird considering, you know, he's, he's strongly a loyal WWE soldier, you know. Uh, what else here? Dio Madden is still part of the Raw announced team per PW Insider. He's just off selling Brock Lesnar's attack. If you guys are unaware of this, Brock Lesnar had uh, went on a rampage again, and uh, he went over to Jerry Lawler at commentary. Dio Madden stood up, which I thought was going to be fucking amazing because I didn't realize how tall Dio Madden was, first of all. But um, I thought it was a really cool moment for Dio. And... Uh, well, uh, something happened. I guess he F5'd him through the table or slammed him through it. I can't exactly remember, but you can look it up on YouTube. And, uh, well, he's been off for a couple of weeks selling uh, his attack, which is kind of dumb because, uh, well, it wasn't really that big of a deal. He just got slammed through a table. I, I mean, I understand a week or maybe two, but I don't know. I think it's been like three or four weeks now, something like that. Almost a month. Come on. And, um... One more rumor for you guys. Asuka is very happy in the United States, and uh, Dave Meltzer has heard no rumblings whatsoever that she might leave. However, her tag team partner, Kyrie Sane, might be considering leaving. Well, that is honestly disappointing. I really like Kyrie Sane. Um, I really like seeing her in the Mae Young Classic and in NXT. And I like what she's doing with Asuka as one half of the Kabuki Warriors and, uh, you know, women's tag team champions. Uh, well, let's hope she sticks around. Uh, let me, or let us know what you guys think about all those rumors. If you have any to report on your own, please let us know. And uh, we got some events coming up. Uh, this weekend is NXT TakeOver War Games. It's this Saturday at 515 uh, War Games, one of my favorite things ever. And this is at the Allstate Arena in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago fans, be sure to get your tickets. And the very next night on Sunday at 5 p.m., also at the Allstate Arena in Chicago, is Survivor Series NXT, WW, uh, blah, blah, blah. NXT Raw and SmackDown going head-to-head-to-head. To head to head. 
Can't wait to see what happens. Chicago fans, be sure to get your tickets. Warriors, be sure to tune in. And that is it for Talk is War of today. Thank you so much for joining us. We will have a fresh, hot new episode coming at you tomorrow. So do not miss it. From Alpha Z, thank you so much for tuning in today. And goodbye. Goodbye.